Welcome, everybody, uh, to today's MediaWorks Digital Masterclass. This is the fourth part of a five-part series that we've been focusing on that's been around um, market effectiveness. Today's session is going to focus on creative execution that cuts through, so I'm actually really looking forward to, to finding out what it is around that creative piece that allows us to cut through. So I'll be hosting the session today. My name's David Norris. I'm the Group Operations Director at MediaWorks. And then I'll let the other panellists introduce themselves. So, Paul, I'll come to you first. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Paul Mallett. So I'm a managing partner in Leeds, and I do a lot of work on strategy and insight for our clients, but was once upon a time a creative director. Then I really knew that. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that, so it's news to me, Paul, so I'm looking forward to that. Andy? Um, I, I'm Andy. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer here at MediaWorks, and... I was also once a creative director, um, but I work, um, similarly with Paul, I work across all of our clients to look at how are we, you know, using all different aspects of marketing, creativity, channel research in order to deliver what clients need. Fantastic. So myself and, and the two former creative directors uh, will be looking at this topic around creative execution because we think it's a really important part of, of that whole sort of marketing effectiveness piece. We know that prioritizing memorable and impactful creative is critical to building an effective long-term link with your audience through your products or services. Differentiation has long been one of the most powerful tools in cementing your brand in, its, in your customer's mind. And arguably, the best way to do this is through emotional brand building campaigns. And then we'll have a bit of a discussion, a bit of a debate, hopefully, around the different elements. Again, I know that the whole uh, objectivity and subjectivity links with, with creative could be quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, I want to go dive straight in. Actually, before that, if anybody just reiterate, if anybody has got any questions, anything they'd like us to pick up as we go through them, please just fire them in. Um, I'll pick them up and direct them as, as appropriate or may even try and answer a couple myself. So I'm going to come to you, uh, Andy, first to start with in terms of then, I guess, why and how how important is creativity in terms of effectiveness? Um, right, cool, thank you. So I suppose normally with um, two ex-creative directors uh, on a podcast, we would kind of say what's really su super important. It's really important. It's one of the most important factors, I think, you know. And, you know, traditionally we would always start with, it's an opinion, isn't it? We're biased, of course, we're kind of creative from background. But I think that anybody that's kind of been involved in campaigns, creative campaigns, creative strategies in the past will kind of, agree with and understand the value of strong creativity i think over the last 10 years you've got kind of like scientific institutions like you know Ehrenberg bass institute for example and there's things like um, tim amber's work at the london business school which all kind of lead to the, this like i suppose the effectiveness of creativity on a marketing strategy or any kind of um any activity that an organization is doing and a lot of this um the idea behind this series was because, you know, we started looking at reports into effectiveness and what are the levers that you can pull to improve effectiveness. And as opposed to both mine and Paul's delight, um, the second biggest thing is creative execution, which is, you know, through lots of studies by lots of different academics, has proven that it's a 12 times multiplier of profit should you put creativity and have a successful creative strategy amongst, you know, the activity that you do as a business. So I think, you know, it's really good to see that, 
it's not just, as you said, it's, it's subjectivity, it's opinion based, create what is creative, what is a good idea. But actually, you know, there's lots of studies over the past 10, year, 10 years, which is pointing to it being a huge factor um, in the success of a, of a marketing campaign. I think, why? I, I suppose, why is creativity so important? And I think it's, there's, there's lot, lots and lots of factors. But one thing that I always kind of um, think about is, and Paul, you might want to chip in here at some point, is like we always talk about all of these different platforms that brands can now engage with audiences. You know, there's like social platforms are turning up every other year where you've got millions and millions of users in all different kind of mediums. So there are so many touch points where brands are able to explore creativity, which is great in one sense. But in my opinion, what it then does is make it super competitive to be creative because we've got everybody's a creative isn't it we've got everybody is kind of you know content producers everybody's now publishing content and exploring creativity be it with how you put together an instagram reel how you you know mash together different movies to tell a story for day in life if you're a tiktoker or if you're a youtuber like everybody's exploring creativity and which is creating a, a competitive field for it therefore you have to really create create creativity that's going to cut through and be effective yeah and i think um it's interesting isn't it because because um you, you know at the end of the day if effective creative it like you say it cuts through it stops you scrolling it makes you pay attention um and there are many 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 different ways that you can do that and um i think what you can see on platforms like tiktok where everything is user generated everything is diy homemade um it, it, it actually TikTok's quite interesting because it's kind of all in, a, in a, all, always about quite a simple idea. So it's a dance, or it's something you could do with a camera move, or it's or, or whatever. And and then that will that will become the thing for a bit. Um, it's not. It's it's kind of like that that like that allows the users to be creative. I think it's quite interesting about how brands can tap into that because you've got to be careful that you're just not another one. You know, so often then it's about doing something in a slightly unexpected way and and that kind of thing, which we can come on to. But I think, um, you know, I think when we're talking about creative, you've got everything from someone doing a dance on TikTok. And I'm going to just go back in time a little bit, not too far back. But Jean-Claude Van Damme on a, on a pair of Volvo trucks reversing, doing the splits, that got everyone's attention as well. But there's a big difference between that and the budget involved and the time it took to do it and someone doing a dance in the kitchen. But both are creative. Well, you said something interesting there. Sorry, David, this is probably going to go on, as you could expect. <laughs> but the, the concept, this, this, like, you know, why is it so important? Because I think for me, like this concept of creativity, it's not just how it looks. It's not just how it sounds. It's the aspect of creative thinking and making something unexpected. I think that's really important because actually it could be about putting a business or an organization on a channel or in a space where they would never normally be seen. So it is unexpected. It's a, it's a new way of thinking. So I think for me, I, even when we go through this whole 40 minutes or whatever we've got left, is like actually – Creative, creative thinking, creativity is so broad, and it isn't just a case of how it looks or how it feels. It's how you apply some creative thinking to a problem, um, and it can be quite broad. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Sorry, David. 
I mean, you can keep, you can try and keep us moving on, but we might just get stuck. Because yeah. I, th- I, I think the critical thing, and, you know, I think everybody thinks it's a magic formula for doing good creative, and then there may be or there may not be. Um, something that Google used to talk about um, a few years ago and um, went to a big session at Google HQ, and they were just going through loads of YouTube ads and going, right, which ones of these actually got cut through? And, and they kind of came up with this formula, which was A plus B plus C over V. And then you could add all this stuff up and you would get to what's a good creative idea. Um, so the A plus B plus C. So um, the A was for abnormal. So something that makes you just stop and take notice. Okay, so that could be, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Need a better, more up-to-date cultural reference. Um, B. It's related, it's related to some kind of consumer behaviour. It's related to a trend in behaviour. C is it's kind of culturally relevant. So, you know, culturally relevant means music or fashion or, or whatever. It's tapping into something that is about life. And then the over V bit was you can get, get your, your abnormal, your behavioural and your cultural. That all should stack up to be, make something merely cut through. But then the V you've got to watch out for is you don't have any vampires in there. And the vampires bit was always about don't make bad music, bad sound recording, blurry video, whatever. Don't do anything that's going to screw it up. So um, I, think, I think this point about cutting, it's, it's interesting because, you, you know, you were talking about different platforms. And you kind of got to work out what your A plus B plus C is for that platform. And it might be a little bit different on TikTok than it's going to be for YouTube. And yeah. certainly TV. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And I think it's I think it's really interesting. I think like you're totally right. I think like creativity within platform, creativity sort of cross-platform and multi-channel. And I think the point I was going to say is, is like I think we decided to do creativity as a standalone, but in essence, it's it's already came up in almost every session that we've covered as part of this series. You know, you know, I'm thinking back to the first one that we did around segmentation and targeting. We talked about creativity within that, so not just taking the standard, the norms. In the second one, we talked about the second session, we talked about long-term versus short-term and the requirement for flexibility and and jumping on. And if you spot an opportunity, be creative within that, you know, because it can create those brand moments. And then last week's session, we focused on um, budgeting and we talked about the requirement for flexibility within budgets to actually deliver creative activity. Um, So, you know, uh, we talked about the 70-20-10 rule. So just even flexibility, creativity within budget setting, I think it's like an important piece. So it's it's interesting that we're, we're sort of doing this in isolation, but actually, in essence, we covered it every week. So like... It just shows the scope of creativity in my mind as to, yeah. as to sort of we can think of creativity at a, at a strategic level. And I know, Andy, that's very much part of your role now. Or we can think of it even in terms of just like pure output driven creative, you know, and I think it's about understanding the scope at which you're talking uh, and, and at which sort of have you got a framework that you need to operate within. Or are you going out here almost on a blank sheet of paper and are able to to sort of take it? Take it. So, um Go on, Andy. No, I'm going to cause we're going. But I think it, it's interesting, is it? Because you see, you know, there's cans, lions, all these awards that celebrate creativity. And, you know, fundamentally, it's kind of, it's how do you creatively solve the problem? And you can do that in many different ways. You know, it could be through good storytelling. It could be the way you deploy your marketing campaign. It, 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 there's so many different ways to measure creativity and, and say what good looks like. But ultimately, I think where we're at now is like, we're, we're, 
award entries and how it's being judged, it's all about the effectiveness of that creativity. Did it solve the problem or did it contribute to solving the problem? No, I agree. It's a, it's a good point. I think like we've touched a bit on this, Paul, but I'm going to come to you next. It's around then, what does make good creative? I know you've you've talked about, um, you, you know, your A plus B plus C over V formula, et cetera, that we, we, we touched on. But, you know, do you want yeah. to expand upon that a little? Yeah, okay. So... Um, I think I, th- I think there's plenty of data out there about really what makes good creative because at the end of the day it's going to be effective and I think you know Andy was mentioning Ehrenberg Basso all the Byron Sharp stuff um, and it's been pretty established and and I think you know you, you know it to be true yourself if, if you think about your own experiences but really good creative is stuff that is memorable and not only memorable but it builds distinctive memories in your mind about that brand and you know you think of any great ad and whether it was because of the the, you know celebrity in it the music it had a catchy jingle it was funny it made you cry whatever it was about it, it, it is the fact that it has built a memory and that stayed with you and then that memory is distinctive uh, and then that becomes attached to that brand that that at the end of the day is really what makes good creative and uh, and like i say it could be entertaining it could make you cry and it could be funny to, you know it doesn't matter really it's just got to be um distinctive and 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 then you know back to some of the other sessions the role of being repetitive in your creative and in your branding is then how great creative builds brands um but i think then that that said i I think the other bit is then how do you get at good ideas and where do great ideas come from and um you know you'll you'll if you 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 can find loads of different ideas uh, of different stories of how people came up with classic advertising campaigns so basically they can kind of come from anywhere um but i think you know what 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 i've kind of learned myself over time is um i think number one you should be a very conscious consumer of advertising so when you are looking at advertising every now and again just stop and think about you know an ad that made you smile or laugh or cry um you know what was it about it that that, that did that and and you know and, and also do, do pay attention to the ones that make you want to buy or make you make you kind of have that feeling that you want to buy um, I think it's really important to pay attention to how adverts tell stories. So do they have a little tiny story within them? Um, do they give you a framework where you're filling in the rest of the narrative? These are all very powerful ways of, of creating memories and making your brain work. Um, what are the roles of the of people in them? Um, you know, are, are they are they kind of bit players? Are they bystanders or are they kind of central to the advert? Um, even things like colours, music, sound, sonic idents, um, you know, look at the look at the elements that are repetitive within adverts that are coming from a brand, and um, and just kind of try and dissect that and try and work out, um, you know, why they're making you feel in a certain way. And I think you know, thing, things like music and sound are really important. If you think about Just Eat or McDonald's or you know, WeBuyAnyCar.com, you know, actually, the, some of the most memorable bits is a tiny little jingle at the end of the ad. So just keep be conscious when you're looking at advertising and and, and think about. It. Um, I think you, you know there's some there's some really good little stories like um Les Binet. We've been quoting a lot of Binet and Field in this little series. Um they do a lot of thinking about advertising effectiveness. <clears throat> and one of his famous quotes is um he, he kind of he says that he bought an Aston Martin you know when he was in his 50s because of an advert that he saw when he was eight. 
because that brand created a memory for him that kind of stayed with him his all, all, all his life. And then, he, and then when he was in a position to, he went out and bought his Aston Martin. Um, so so mem- memories are really important. Now, flipping all that round, you then need to go kind of hunting for the ideas that are going to spark. So I think it's like looking at trends. I think, you know, if you work in advertising and marketing, you should be all over social media. You should be watching TV. Um, as much as you can with the adverts on. Don't turn your ad blockers on. Be a conscious consumer. Look at everything. Be part of popular culture. Um, you know, if things have won the Oscars, go and watch them. Uh, if they haven't won the Oscars, but everyone's raving about them, make sure you watch them. Feed your brain about what is going on in popular culture, where, what the ideas that are swimming around. Read books, read magazines. Um, I think another really important one is... Um, be really nosy about what's going on in the world. You know, if you're in a shop, watch how people are buying, what are they buying, why are they buying it, what are the conversations they're having with their friends while they're doing that. Um, when you start on a train, what are people doing to pass the time? Are they all playing a certain game on the mobile? Um, you know, a great ideas can come from anywhere. It can come from uh, fashion. You know, everybody's wearing a, a Peaky Blinders cap, so we need to do something with that. You know, it could be in sport that something really funny's happened. You never know where the next idea is going to come from. Um, and I think that you can look at people that collate trends. And, you know, we were just looking at um, the ones that the drum have said are going to be there. I'm, I'm trying not to sound like a... I think they're wrong, but um, I just think trends are kind of trends and they're talking about anime being a trend, going back to the wild being a trend, Um, focus on older people in your advertising, focus on making the world more ethereal and focus on sustainability. All of these things will be true, but I think you've just got to constantly be on the hunt for trends and looking for something that is going to spark an idea that is going to enable you to do something that is right for your brand that is then going to be memorable um, within that. Um, and I think just just a final bit I wanted to say was, and when you get stuck, um, I couldn't find them. I was just trying to look around the office. Um, a while ago, some this guy called Brian Eno, who's quite a famous music producer, made this uh, set of cards called Oblique Strategies. And you kind of take the cards out when you're having a mental block and it tells you to think differently. And it allows you to be, you can be stuck thinking about an idea, but it makes you turn it on its head. So it's got things like put the least important thing first, or imagine that you're trying to, you do this creative, but you can't see it. So you're going to make it all about the audio. Um, You know, we've got, we've got these cards in the office that that remind you to think about different emotions and think about, you know, what the scenario might be that someone, someone is in. Um, So there's, there's loads of these little kind of tools around, but I think, you know, it's a combination of conscious consumption, looking at trends, but don't be afraid to have a bit of fun with some of these kind of tools as well if you get a bit stuck. I think one of the key things for me, Paul, and like that idea of constantly consuming and being a conscious consumer, I think the other thing as well is like, it sounds a bit cliche, but collaboration and conversation, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, importance of bringing people into conversations around creativity is probably where some of the best ideas ideas come from and arguably they can be they can come in split seconds and they can come from the least place you the, the place you least expected and um, because yeah. no idea is a bad idea and again we'll probably say that a million times over but it but it is really true yeah absolutely and i think that um you know, we've been talking about Andy about about lots of things about like how do you, how kind of training your brain and how how do you kind of um, 
you know, and, and I think there's no substitute for debating things. And mm. you, you got to, you know, and actually, you got to, you got to have the right kind of culture within your organisation, within your team, so that people can quite happily say something really daft. Because often creative ideas do come from somewhere pretty daft. Um, and then it, 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 it's then collaborating, working together, like you say, refining it, honing it, and then before you know it, you've got a line, you've got a visual idea, and you've got an ad. Then you've got an ad. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really interesting because listening to you guys talk about it is like it links massively with like concepts of innovation and innovation theory and things like that and the, and the idea of like different perspectives and, and, you know, talk about cognitive diversity another time. But, you know, all of these things, like looking at things from a different perspective, getting different people from different parts of the business looking at a particular piece. I mean, it's, it's why, as an agency, one of the benefits, I think, of working in, in our agency world is you do get such a diverse range of opinions who all look at a problem but from quite different perspectives. You know, like, I think about the work I do with you, like, I'm very analytical and quite scientific in sort of my outlook, whereas you guys have that sort of creative spark. But I think often that's the bit that comes together because you can challenge each other and you can say like, so how is that actually going to come across? And what does that actually mean? So I think there's like so many opportunities, isn't it? To just get different voices in the room when you think of cre- like creative and, and get a different perspective on the outputs as well. Because, you know, starting, going back to again the beginning, when we talked about segmentation, one of the things we talked about was thinking everybody's in your segment. Yeah, so you yeah, produce yeah. stuff that works for you, not necessarily your audience. So I think like, you know, even again, be, you know, canvassing your friends, your network, etc. if they fit in the segments, get their opinion on, on different things that you're coming up with. David, it, you know, I don't know where maybe this might have fit in on a bullet point that we're going to discuss in a bit, but you've just reminded us of something. And I remember when you asked us to come down when you were at Teesside University to do a talk on usability and, and, and CRO and UX, right? And I remember that we did a little bit in that presentation where we spoke about creativity, like being a huge element in terms of like making experiences engage and then people come back and like if it's enjoyable, they're likely to convert. And then you have this thing of like usability and actually where creativity, you know, if you're designing product or designing like digital experiences where creativity can kind of almost hinder usability and it it then becomes a frick like a friction point where you've put the wrong creative in the wrong place let's just say i don't know why i'm talking about this but i'm going to keep going but one of my biggest frustrations is when people get creative with um door signs and and where and, and kind of almost where how do you start like trying to say something in a creative way but it loses its meaning and loses yeah. it, its purpose. I think that's a really important thing. A good creativity, like, still gets the job done. Maybe I don't know. I've yeah. just went in that field. No, but it, I, I think I think it's a really important point because we were speaking to um, speaking to a, a prospect at university actually last last week. Shall remain nameless. And then your market manager, you know, I said, "Oh, what's gone on? Conversion rate fallen off a cliff in terms of on-site conversion." And I said, "What is it?" And he went, oh, "We basically launched a website, and it was it was." Brilliant in terms of its imagery, in terms of its visuals, in terms of its creative approach. But God, the usability fell off a cliff. Like yeah. I couldn't navigate it. I couldn't find anything. He was like, when I came, you know, and he was making the point of when he came along the interview, that was one of the things that he pulled out and said, look, the challenge you've got is you create this brilliantly creative website, but actually it's almost like too advanced. And I'm always reminded of um, someone once said to me that uh, Microsoft were, eight years ahead of the products that we see in store. 
So they were saying that in terms of their product development timeline, part of that was because they, they felt like if they made too big a step, the, the consumers couldn't take that step with them. And I think sometimes it's, that's why it's so important, I think, to get back the fundamentals of what's your segment about, what are they interested in, what are they thinking, like how far are they prepared to go down that journey with you? Because again, some segments will be incredibly like susceptible to creative. And I think other other segments I see there's probably more work to do around sort of that educational piece. So it's yeah. quite quite an interesting in, in discussion. So, we need to remember to do um uh like I've got a whole theory about uh signs on people's front doors that we can talk about in relation to how to design effective IA and user experience. 100%. Save that for another day. Well, yeah, I think there is um, like no, but there is this aspect of like familiarity and people know how to use products and it's there for a it's there for a reason. Do you know what I mean? And like the creative thinking, if you just scroll, it's going to refresh something. Everybody, that's just a, a language now that everybody uses in order to refresh content on a mobile phone. Like that was creative at one point. Wow, isn't that really cool? Every time you pull Twitter down, it gives new content. Now it's like, as daft as it sounds, it's a way of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I think it's a, I think it's a really uh, fair point. One that gets me every time is when people put, you know, the... Um, the search bar where the URL you can put in the URL. Like on my mobile phone, as default, it begins at the top. Like and in some, it begins at the bottom. And I think like some people develop websites that actually block out depending on where it is. So again, it's about that balance between creativity and usability. So we could talk about this for ages anyway. Yeah. I'm just going right. So I just wanted to to touch on um conscious of people be listening in, looking for best practice advice, Andy. So have you got some creative best practice sort of guidance or tips? Yeah, I do. I wrote down four. I've changed the order of them three times and I've changed one of them in the last 10 minutes. So, right. right so where I'm at on this, and Paul, please feel free to drop in at any point. And I think the first thing that I've went with, right, is that I think good creative, um, which I will go with, makes you feel something. I think, you know, a good creative makes you feel something and it makes and, and it drives some form of emotion that then becomes memorable. And I remember I once went to a talk where um, there was a lady that was talking around, you know, some of the most memorable moments in your life right, will have normally nine times out of ten kind of triggered four kinds of emotion, whether you're really overjoyed and happy, where you're really excited, where you're really sad, or I think it went on to something where you got a, a really big fright, for example, or there was something that you didn't expect. So I think a good creative idea should always kind of make you feel something. It should resonate with somebody or, or kind of engage with some form of emotion that will then make it memorable. Yeah. No, Any I point think... you disagree, disagree, Paul? I'm looking forward to that bit. Don't disagree with that. <laughs> the second thing um, I put is that I think – Creativity is such a, a broad a broad thing, but I think creativity should always consider where it's going to be consumed or the job that it's going to do. So, for example, where Paul's talking around, you know, big TV ads where we're trying to build familiarity, make somebody know and remember a brand, then, you know, the creativity there is being unexpected and being disruptive. But actually, you know, when you come into a different application where it might be a website where you want to be creative, we've just discussed it there actually, but you can't lose sight of what the product or what what the thing's trying to do. You know, we need to be creative. With, we're, we're tackling a problem, but when it comes to designing a website, it's not about doing something really unexpected. It's about doing something that's really familiar but memorable. 
So I think, you know, the second thing for me is that it, it always thinks about where it's going to be consumed. I think I will go on that one a little bit because I think then you start thinking about what channel it's going to be consumed on. You know, so if you're going out on Facebook and you think it's going to be consumed on a mobile phone, it's going to be on the move, you know, short form snip like kind of content that's easy to consume is, is what's needed in a feed to stand out and disrupt. And then you think, well, actually, if it's going to be video content, if X amount of people are going to be watching it on the move, they might have sound. So you need to think about subtitles or making sure that whatever your creative is, it can still be understood without sound. So actually, sometimes you have to think about not the audio as well as in other instances, you have to consider the audio. So I think the channel and where it's consumed is really, really important. I think I think on that it's a really, really interesting one. I couldn't do a I couldn't do a masterclass, could I, without talking, for example, performance max. No, right? couldn't. You yeah, used to be a creative director, you see. Yeah, and I'm feeling left out. No, but I think it's really interesting because the amount of brands that, that we've worked with or had conversations with over the last sort of 12 to 18 months since Performance Max has came out. And it were and you get like the very much sort of two camps, like people really care about, for example, the creative that they're putting out on social. When we then started speaking about performance max, it was like some would really care about obviously that that integrated experience across channels and making sure that the creative quality was replicated. Others made the decision to absolutely rally against that. You know, it was almost like, no, no, this the threatened very separately. It was almost like, no, we want to be super creative over here. And actually, we're okay with the Google AI generated stuff being over in this space. Um, and I think it's that balance between like efficiency and effectiveness but also then it's like you know think considering the implications of that do you know what I mean and thinking about how you're delivering that joint experience across platforms I think is quite an interesting point yeah and and I think um when we were just talking about this before so there's, a, <clears throat> there's nothing like talking about a real kind of client that you're, that you're kind of working on at the moment so um we work for uh, a brand in Scotland called CR Smith. So they're, they're like the Anglian windows of Scotland if you are not from Scotland. So big home improvements um, business, been going for 50 years, um, employ thousands of people. Um, and um, yeah, they're, they're quite a big thing. So we do all of their advertising and brand. So from the, the top down to the, the performance marketing. And I think the role of creative is, is really, really interesting because you can kind of approach a challenge like that from the, the top down and think about the brand and think about that how that becomes memorable, emotive advertising that's going to make people feel affinity to the brand. But um, also at the same time, their business thrives on leads coming to the business every day and they get generated through performance marketing and other kind of direct channels. So um, so you can kind of look at the bottom of the funnel and go, okay, so wouldn't it be wonderful if we could either improve our click-through rate or actually grow the category so there's more for us to buy on? Okay, so so you can kind of you can go you know once you've optimized all your all your all your paid channels so and you, you know you're everywhere you can be so that can then start leading up into okay so we need to actually sway people's preference when they're about to click or they're making decisions so some of that is about advertising it's about joining up and you know you've got your your paid search but then you've got your paid social like David said and you've got your performance max. Now, ideally, you want all of that laddering up back into your your kind of brand. Not that your brand is saying, buy double glazing this weekend, although it can, 
but you're, 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 the primary purpose of your advertising is to create that distinctive memory so that when people are getting closer to purchase, they're going to pick you. You're going to be number one on the consideration set. So, you, you know, creativity you know, goes all the way through that. So when we're talking about best practice, you should be striving. If, you're looking, if you've got a business model like that, you should be striving for ideas that can go all the way through. So simple things. So we have um, a campaign kind of structure, which is all about going from to. So it's from cold to cosy, from, you know, shabby to chic. It's all these different cute ways of doing it. And we've come up with a very modular way of being able to make up, you know, a high volume of video ads, TV ads, and whatever, Sky ads, smart, and that kind of thing. But then that can then go through into social media really nicely. And then that goes through into the pay-per-click, into the landing pages, into the website, into the brochure, and bingo, you've got you've got one thing that's joining everything up. Um, but, you know, and then for that to be effective, we need to do that not just for a year, but for two years, for three years, and then you've you built that, 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 that kind of, those memories back up. And, um, you know, no doubt by doing that, you will improve your click-through rates because yeah. you, you're just creating those distinctive memories as you go. Yeah, Which is bullet point three. Consistency, creative consistency. I like that. I like that. So basically everything we've just talked about. Bullet point three, he's done his forest. <laughs> which, to be fair, only leaves me with one more, which was taught to me by Mr. Paul Miller himself. I always remember this. Where, And I don't know whether this is going to work or not, but don't fuel anyone else's fire. And what I mean by that is, well, what Paul told me is actually, you know, it's all about being unique and cutting through and you're creative instead of trying to kind of, not, I know it sounds daft, but do what somebody else does. And the example that he gave us is we're looking in to this, the market or the place we were talking was uh, gambling. And, and, and actually what we started looking at is kind of, you should take Paddy Power. Paddy Power are very creative as a brand, right? And it's and it's all about humour. And what they are doing is they're very funny and they're cut through. But actually, if you kind of just go into that same space and take the same approach, all you're really going to do is kind of fuel the Paddy Power fire that they're already known for, if that makes sense. And another one, because I've seen it the other day, you know, dating apps. Right, so Thursday, for example, you know, very disruptive, very creative in the way that they've kind of arrived on their market. It's all about kind of guerrilla stunts and guerrilla advertising. You've got people on the tube with handmade signs and they create these kind of brand moments that is very disruptive. You know, so if you were to kind of come up with a, a, a new date map where you're kind of going to go in that space, that's kind of the last thing you want to do. <laughs> um, and it's about finding your own uniqueness in your category to explore creativity in a way that hasn't been done. So that. Paul, Paul, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think the bit that I didn't mention then about my CR Smith example was uh, the, 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 we've done a load of work with them about their brand and their new tagline is the difference. And therefore, once we've done this stuff, which is about pushing the category, arguably, it's then all about emphasising the USPs and doing it in their way. Now, different categories are going to do that in different ways, but I totally agree with what you said Um you know, there, there, there are times when someone else is going to the category that you can piggyback on it, but you shouldn't take those. I mean, you can take those short term gains. I know we talked about short term versus long term, but long term, you need to occupy a distinctive place for yourself and you don't have to be the same. We well, should definitely not be the same as everyone else, because otherwise people will get confused and start misremembering who's who. The, the, the short term, if you can be confused for your nearest competitor, bingo. Long term, no. 
Yeah, I think it's where you, you've gone into really competitive spaces as well, Paul, where like, you know, somebody might have a high profile um, brand partnership with an influencer in a category or whatever, you know, somebody that's really kind of, you know, known in the category, going to resonate with the target audience and kind of arguably like, unless you've got the budget to outdo them, then don't even explore it. You know, because, again, it's not a space that you could really compete on. So I think it's about using your using your creativity in a way that um, that allows you to go into a category but doesn't just compete with this and, and I suppose, help other people win. Yeah. yeah, I think, like, I was inevitably going to sort of bring us back to this, wasn't I, do you know what I mean, given the way I operate, but it's like KPIs, you know, it's one yeah. of the areas we talked about it. We've talked about it as we've gone through here. We've talked about staged in the funnel by default. We've talked about what we're trying to drive. I guess, like, Paul, come to you first. Like, do we need different creative for them, different KPIs? And I guess sort of you alluded a bit to it, but then you talked about consistency. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So I so I talked about our example, CR Smith. I think the classic one in the market at the moment is like spec savers, where, um, you know, Everybody knows what their campaign is, you know, should have. They don't even need to say should have gone to spec service. They can just say should have now. But that that is a brilliant idea in a campaign. But actually, they then take that through. The consistent bit of branding is the spec service logo and their tone of voice, actually. It's very straightforward. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're a kind of healthcare company dealing with sight and hearing and all that kind of thing. So they're a very good example of flexing their creative but really knowing what their brand is about because actually you should have gone to Specsavers works for you should have got your eye tested you, you, you know it, it works on a, a practical level um but I think um so 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 the K, the KPIs should always really be about your profitability your growth of your brand um and you know are you increasing penetration are you increasing your market share and um, and that doesn't sound like a creative metric until you start looking back at some of the studies that have been done. Um, and Kantar's uh, got some really good stuff out uh, at the moment. And um, when you look at the 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 kind of the the highly creative advertising, um, it always delivers more ROI. It always delivers more profit. And it always delivers more growth. Um, and um, you, you know, and I, th- and I think that the really critical bit within that is when you look at the kind of communication that that advertising is doing. Um, they use the words meaningfulness, difference, and saliency. So meaningful means kind of something to you know meaningful to you. Difference is this distinctiveness that we've been talking about, and saliency is about whether you remember it, whether it stays top of mind. And they see that advertising that does that is way more in 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 both the short and long term it's it gives you stronger returns than advertising that, that is about impact and persuasion so impactful adverts that try to persuade you to do something are not as uh, do not have as uh, as big a driver for your business success as adverts that do meaningfulness difference and saliency so this this so so when you're your KPI is the same, but you have to start adjusting your brain. You need to look at advert. You need to look at your advertising and say, was it meaningful? Was it different? And is it salient? Not did it feel impactful and like it's going to persuade someone to buy? So, you know, I think when you're trying to get a KPI on how effective your advertising is, 
Um, that, that is difficult because you have to do it over time. There are um, services that you can buy into that will test your advertising for different things. And there's different schools of thought about, you know, but, but generally, you know, you, you will know whether your advert, advert is doing meaningful difference and saliency because you will have got those, those ingredients in the first place. If you're just shouting, you buy one, you get one free, probably not the right Great for short-term sales, but in but even in the, even in the short term, if you'd have made that advert meaningful, different, and salient, you'd have got a better result. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because it does what you've just highlighted there links enormously into the session that we did on sort of long-term and short-term sort of aspects. And I think my people listening in, watching the day, like I think the challenge is is like the pressures that come and the organisational structures that people operate within is like. Is like we are triggered, aren't we, to drive that short-term performance? Because you know, I use the football manager analogy as everyone talks about philosophy until you lose a few games, then the manager gets sacked. And I think it's like the same in marketing. Sometimes you can you need to take people on that creative journey with you. Because if you don't, it can then just become a short-term, short-term, short-term. And then as soon as the short-term doesn't work, there is no long-term plan. So I think it's like, as you say, that that. Um, I've noticed it down meaningfulness or difference and, and saliency is, is massively important in terms of not just focusing on that that impact and initial short-term short term hit. It's a hard one, this, isn't it? Because I think like, you know, any good marketing strategy or any kind of is arguably always doing both, isn't it? You know, you're kind of constantly trying to draw people in, building like kind of difference and meaningfulness to make them kind of like feel something about your brand in the long term, you know, align with a purpose, build some form of relationship with them. And that's kind of almost like constantly bringing people into the brand and then almost like retaining people and keeping them there, like aligning purpose, et cetera. But then underneath all of that, as you bring more people in, you do have to use creativity to 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 realise value from that, I suppose, and pick them off and bring them in as customers. And I think there's, you know, you spoke about that C.R. Smith um, example there, Paul, where, yeah, you've got the the overarching campaign, which is who we are and what we're about. And, you know, it's about from cozy to cold, et cetera. But actually what you've also done in that at the bottom of the funnel is you've done it in a way that allows you to pivot and be relevant and, you know, and almost go through the seasons when it's sunny outside your ads are sunny, when it's raining, it's raining, when you need your windows to keep it cool compared to when you need it to keep your house warm. Actually, you're using your creative toolkit to pick people off at the bottom yeah, but, but, but I, and I was, the brand yeah. at the top you've brought them in yeah and but that, that example you've just given that's making the advertising more meaningful isn't it because yeah. you're flexing it to the thing now and it, and it's not to say that 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 kind of business don't run promotions and yeah. don't you know have limit time limited offers and the kind of things that we know work you know so that impact and persuasion i think i think the difficulty is that um you know when you look at um businesses that are always on promotion because you know people know that if you run a promotion you're going to get sales but you can you always be on promotion you know to the bottom isn't it well it, it can be and it do and you know in some categories it becomes a norm that you have to be always on promotion but um but but again, all all the evidence would say the brands that were, are going to succeed a lot in the long term are the ones that that that, that pay attention to this yes. to, to to the the distinctive memories that they're creating through their advertising. I was I've just look I've just been doing a bit of work this morning looking at um, innocent drinks 
and we're not working on the St. Drinks, but I was just looking at them. And they have, from day one, they have never diverged from what their brand is about. But, the, you know, this cutesy, natural, you know, and it, and it was there when they launched, I don't know how many years ago, 20 years ago, and it's still there now. They're doing exactly the same thing. Um, and they're still, you know, a huge brand, you know. It, yeah. It, that, that kind of shows it all. But, you know, I can think of other drinks brands that... Um, if I go down to B8 Smiths, I'll have a big sticker on them going, only 50p this week, and you're kind of going like, mm, short-term versus long-term. Do you think that a lot of that then helps with kind of like, if you can build, use creativity at the top, you know, build salience, et cetera, that it helps with kind of price sensitivity, you know, in terms of actually it becomes less about, well, we know it's a fact, I've said it, but I know it's a fact, it becomes less about price because you've built, people are into the brand, they're bought into you, you've got an aligned purpose, et cetera. Yeah, well, you can, you know, price conditioning. So getting people to think that you're going to be paying a bit more is definitely something that creative can, yeah. you know, it's a huge factor in delivering for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you can't put it on the, on the balance sheet often, but it's like that whole brand and the fact that you can then be, you know, step aside is like, it's absolutely massive, I think, in terms of actually being able to stand out because, you know, we all know, as soon as Paul said innocent, uh, innocent drinks there, immediately image has come to mind you know what I'm seeing yeah. the brand and I'm thinking of the products it's again and that that to me is where you're moving away and it's not to say that that isn't impactful because it is impactful but I'd actually say it's more meaningful do you know what I mean it is different it is salient whereas I think the challenge is is sometimes we go for impact and persuasion it's you can only do it so many times without it losing its impact and persuasion and then you're relying on new creative idea new creative idea and I think it's like that's when you then lose, I think, you can lose some of that sort of meaningfulness, um, if yeah. you like, further up, because it's then what do you stand for? And I think like what Paul alluded to earlier was then some, I think, I think some brands get into the place where they've conditioned the audience or the market to be so price sensitive that actually what your meaning is to them is we're a promo brand, we're a sales-based yeah. brand. You hit the nail on the head there, David. Actually, we've spoke very much around the, you know, the long term building and kind of salience, etc. But actually, the, you know, creativity plays a huge part just in some really basic stuff. But as you say, like kind of ad fatigue, you know, standing out competitively on different platforms. Like creativity can be injected at all different improving conversion rate, improving click through rate. Like it can be injected to move lots of different levers and has to be continuously kind of. Um, thought out, revisited, challenged. Um, yeah, like a way to consider it, where to, we just came to me there, is it's almost like creative optimization. Yeah. Do you know what oh, I mean? Like stop people... it. You don't have to optimize everything now, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't help myself. Can't help myself. Can I? Yeah. I do. I think there is a bit. There is a bit of that. You know, it's like creative is one of those levers that you can pull, and it's about understanding when to pull it, how to pull it, et cetera. And I think that, that for me is like a really important factor that can often be quite overlooked in this more scientific digital marketing world that we're living in where it's become like, you know, the old debate, is it an art, is it a science? It's like digital has lent itself, lent itself to being more scientific, but actually I do think there's those those features where there's, there's still those artistic bits where there is those moments that are difficult to measure or, or why does something resonate and then the next thing doesn't, I think is really difficult to measure. But yeah, I think it's a, it's been an interesting conversation we've had today anyway. So um, I always finish this, this 
um, sessions or, or, or these masterclasses with five key takeaways. So I, I, if you've ever noticed me looking down, so I'm scribbling away. So now it's a test to see if I can read my own handwriting. So one, I think like, I guess creative execution matters like right out the gate. Some of the data around like, you know, the 12 times uh, uh, factor in terms of it being second on the list in terms of what drives advertising uh, profitability is really important to remember. It's not just a, a creative for creative sake. This stuff actually does have meaning. It drives um, business performance. I think like I loved what Paul was saying and, and the note I put was almost that idea of reverse engineering creative that impacts on you. So you were talking about um, being conscious as a consumer um, I thought it was great when you said don't turn ad blocks on. Um, you know, they're a big hit of mine. But I think it's really important that we do consume and we do see what's out there and we keep all our senses going. Number three would be sort of good creative drives emotion. Um, and then, you know, emotion drives memorable experiences or is linked with memorable experiences. I think you can't overlook that. You know, you talked about happy times, sad times, etc. I can think of lots of examples of advertising that draws on those emotive elements, so really important. I think number um, five was um, KPIs around creativity should all surround and link with um, commercial success still. And I think it's not to say that we have different sets of KPIs. I think what we talked about was about that full funnel piece. We had lots of discussion about long and short-term objectives, but I think like can't forget that meaningful, uh, meaningful, uh, difference and saliency are absolutely important in terms of driving that that long-term, but also the short-term benefits sitting alongside that. And then my final note was um, never lose sight of the objective to which creativity is being applied. I think like it's really important because it's like, don't just be creative for creative sake, understand what you're trying to actually do with that, and where it's going to be used and how it's going to be consumed at different points in the funnel, across different media types, et cetera. So don't lose sight of, I think we've all been involved in projects or seen projects where it's creative for creative sake and we lose sight of what are we actually trying to do here. So I think like linking that back with, right, what are we trying to do over a period of time, linking with objectives is super, super important. Um, I've actually really enjoyed that today. Um, so thank you very much, uh, Andy. Thank you very much, Paul. Hopefully everybody listening has really enjoyed it as well. We finished this mini series on market and effectiveness. The, the five sessions uh, culminates next week with a session on market dominance. So we're going to be taking learnings from the previous sessions, considering the approach that you can take to dominate your marketplace. So I hope many of you join us for that. But if not, um, or if you, if you are, enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you very much. And hopefully we'll see a good number of you next week. Thanks, everyone.